0: Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive, with Andy and the White Whale.
1: Welcome to the Deep Dive. Andy, it is on in the NFL. There are training camps popping all over the country. I cannot get enough news and information. All of our friends are talking to us behind closed doors about how they view the season and takes on week one handicapping it is like glorious time to be in the handicapping space i cannot wait to get into today's topic everything is going glowingly how are you doing today
0: i everything you just said Like I, I just, my, my heart is full. I said that (laughs) I'm seeing, I'm, I'm seeing Twitter DM groups full of NFL talk. I'm seeing podcasts and videos. I'm seeing articles. I'm seeing so much football content and with all due respect to women's soccer and March madness and hot dog eating contests Boy, at, at at heart, we want to talk football. We want to talk football all year long. It sucks that we have to take a little hiatus, but you just can't. I, I suppose we could if we tried. But I'm so happy it's finally. It's not even that close. Like there's still like seven weeks, dude. It's it, maybe it's six, six and a half-ish.
1: How far off six is the Hall Fame game? But at still. This point?
0: Oh no, that, that's very close. We're super close to Hall Fame game.
1: How is it uh, Sunday? Yeah, no. no f- no, it's not no. till August, right? It's not till August 3rd or August
0: 1st. Denver August 1st. Thursday, August 1st. We are we are talking next Thursday Hall of Fame game.
1: Um, what's the line?
0: Oh, I don't know. I should pull that up. I'm not seeing that. I, I had the dimes lines up here. We were looking at some things, but uh I'm not seeing any preseason action yet. Maybe I'm looking in the wrong
1: spot. Are you gonna bet the preseason? NFL prop?
0: I did last year. I had some I I think something to be said for finding some angles in the preseason and playing them. We did pretty well in the preseason. I think at one point it was like five and one and I just and then I got a little overexcited and I started to think about why I didn't bet it more. And I think half the reason I was doing well, because I was so damn choosy, like there's a <laughs> lot of games where you just have to look at it and, be like, and be like, man, I, I haven't, the, you know, a foggiest freaking idea what's going to happen. So if you can pick out a few angles and I mean, even some of the, some of the real contrived bullshit during the NFL season just feels dumb and square and like, oh, that's not going to work, but. And they're in the preseason. It seems like that super square shit still pays like, Oh, this coach cares. This coach doesn't. And, and it pays off. Like there, there are angles in the preseason. Maybe we'll talk about that when we're doing our division previews, as far as uh, what's going on that weekend, if we have anything that we're going to be playing, but yeah, I'll definitely bet on the preseason anywhere, anywhere there's an edge, buddy, you know, that
1: (laughs) I do know that. Uh, Well, Let's just pretend, like for the sake of argument uh, that the Hall of Fame game ends up being lined like Broncos minus two and a half over the Falcons what uh What's my decision making process on uh on taking the plus two and a half of the Falcons? Because I'd really rather have three, you know? Like I really, I I don't want to be, I don't want to be hooked there. You know, I think, you know, my gut's telling me three is better than two and a half, but I don't think the market's going to give me a three. So what should I do? Oh, I don't know. Well,
0: trend wise, the last three years, it's been within three points. Oh, really? 17, 16, 2018 and canceled due to poor field conditions.
1: (laughs) Oh, I remember that one. Um,
0: Remember that? That was a really damn thing. No, back 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 to your question. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you just buy the hook, Whale?
1: Should I buy the hook? What could possibly go wrong? That is a go good wrong? question. That's a good question. In fact, that's a good setup for a whole podcast. Um, because commonly you see this bantied about amongst people who have been doing this a long time. Uh, I think we subscribe to this uh, general philosophy. And it's not do to buy the hook or not to buy the hook. This is entirely the philosophy of no how much each half point in the NFL is worth, because guess what? All half points are not created equal. And in fact, if you break it down from a mathematics standpoint, the disparity between some half points and some other half points, depending on the number is crazy, crazy. And this lends itself to a lot of important things to have in the back of your mind, as far as it pertains to, you know, when you enter the market on any given you know, spread uh, how you play. You know, advantage teasers. Uh, you know, there are a lot of uh, aspects of this that trickle into you know advantage play that are worth keeping in mind as you go through and prepare yourself to be betting week in, week out in the NFL. Uh, and buying the hook yeah. is <laughs> you know what's you cheaper know?
0: than buying the hook?
1: What's betting on Tuesday. Than- <laughs> Tuesday is cheaper than buying the hook. That's true. Um. But yeah, it's uh, it. You know, the entirety of this conversation really revolves around uh, the fact that an outsized propensity of NFL games end with a margin of victory of three, and in fact, a lot of the games that you are that are kind of in the forefront of people's minds—contests between two teams of relative equal strength, contests in the playoffs, in the Super Bowl—you know, three is kind of a relatively reasonable benchmark for you know, the home field advantage is three. So two equal teams, one, I know at, you know with one team having a home field advantage, you should expect the you know, outcome of about three. So, you know, it, it's a, it's a whoa, super whoa, whoa, important whoa. number. Whoa, 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 what?
0: Yeah. I thought you were going to, I thought we were going to do one where we try to talk people out of buying the hook, but here <laughs> you are talking about how important the number three is, how many games land on it we might have to go to the chalkboard on this and do the math because what you, I mean, what, and I, I guess if I was just listening to this and I didn't know already, like I would want to have somebody show me the math on this because the way you just described the NFL, you made it sound like every plus two and a half is a terrible, well, that might actually be true, but uh, every minus three and a half is a terrible <laughs> bet. You know, I yeah. mean we will get to that, but, um, and, and not only three, but seven. Like uh, yeah. um, my lay, laying minus seven and a half instead of buying to seven or plus six and a half instead of buying to seven. Uh, I mean, is there, do you have the math to back it up because I'm, I'm calling, I'm calling shenanigans then.
1: <laughs> shenanigans. I'm calling shenanigans. Um No, let's, let's go back to what can you think of a high profile NFL, NFL game recently where the line was about three. <laughs> oh,
0: Oh, so. Falcons Patriots
1: was that two and, what, and a half? Was that two and a half? Do you want to go, go with the more that, recent Super Bowl? Let's go with the more the more recent one of Rams Patriots. So that that closing line uh, across um, you know all major markets was Patriots minus two. Uh, although there was some regionalization, uh, and if you wanted to set yourself up with a regional middle of three, you could have uh, depending on where you got down on pet, on Pats and where you got down on the Rams. But that's a discussion for a whole different day. Um, the uh the market broadly was giving was was hanging uh patriots minus two and a half they were giving it to you for odds of plus 100 and then rams um plus two and a half they were giving it to you for odds of minus 112. now if you were to if you know in a vacuum you know no having bet football as long as you have if i said how much would a general shop ask from you if you wanted to buy a three off of plus two and a half if you wanted the Rams on that Sunday? What would be your guess?
0: Oh, they, I mean, probably a quarter. They'd want another $0.25. Cents. Uh, I, you might find it if you might do some price shopping and find it for $0.20. Cents, but I think you'll see a lot of $0.25 cent jumps if you go from two and a half to three especially when they get you by the balls and it's the only football game on that week.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, So at pinnacle, for instance, for example, not to single them out, not to, you know, not to point fingers here, um, but uh, the cost of doing business there to go from plus two and a half to plus three uh, reflected a 33 per 33 cent increase in the odds. You went from minus 112 to minus 145 to make that happen.
0: That's <laughs> outlandish. It's,
1: <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, okay. So if we're kind of sitting here saying this is ridiculous and 25 cents or, or 30 cents even is, is crazy, well, what what is a three worth? You know, how, going from two and a half to three, what is that worth? What kind of um you know transaction should price should we put on this so that we know hey if we should should we go by this half point here let's compare the price that they're asking to what we know it to be worth and see if there's added value in making that purchase or if we are adding to our vig because the bottom line is as far as i'm concerned about buying the hook selling the hook blah 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 blah, blah. you know buying the hook in particular my general thought is if you do not have an advantage on Rams plus two and a half, then you certainly do not have an advantage on Rams plus three, including the extra vig that they have just tacked on. A right,
0: and, and and back to your yeah, you know, and you know and back to your point, their one hundred percent is a price that is okay to buy the hook at. Yeah, of course we we're, and we'll do, we're and spoiler alert we are gonna put a price on that. But to buy from two and a half to three and a half, we said thirty three cents at Pinnacle. There, obviously, that's that's too much. I mean, just spoiler alert, that is a minus EV move. Don't do that. It's gonna be a bad long term move. But there is a price point in which it's worth it. I mean, uh spoiler alert, it it doesn't exist.
1: It's like a not well, find yeah, it. you. Yeah, maybe you would. I mean, you never know. There might be a local out there who's selling. points for know. too cheap. You never know. But you can you can check this out anyway. Um, so let's kind of going back to our example about the Rams. There, um, the difference in price between plus three and plus two and a half. You know, you know, and we're we're out here slinging U.S. odds because we're stupid Americans and because I, I do you know the story behind U.S. odds.
0: I feel like I've read it. Isn't it just to make people lay the juice? Because I, I feel like most Europe, most Europeans flat bet, or they just yes. you know what one hundred quid to win seventy four. Uh, oh no! Really yeah, one hundred quid at I one point
1: three three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sure, sure. 1.62, two, one point three three. They're out there slinging numbers and they're betting on the damn United. Uh, yeah, right, right. Um, so, U.S. odds at the plus. 100 minus 110 type of uh, you know way of saying odds makes it extremely difficult to convert those values to break even probabilities but let's just define what a break even probability is real quick um, none of this is our work by the way we've learned this from following closely on you know in the gambling space for a long time uh, there's been great books written that kind of focus standing on, the on sort the shoulders
0: of, stuff. of giants
1: yes for sure but um, but basically um, minus 110 how often do you have to win that bet in order to break even
0: 52.38 is
1: it i have to <sighs> just look at that though Close. what's the wh- well what's the, what's the what's the what's the price in the eu for minus
0: 110.
1: 1.909 yeah 1.909 so then how do we figure out the break-even probability once we know the eu price
0: uh, you take you take 1 divided by the decimal odds so
1: also called yeah, the reciprocal 1
0: divided by 1.909 yeah you also, get to, yeah i guess if you want to go back
1: also, to also also called the reciprocal, it's also called reciprocal. um yeah 1 over that eu price uh which uh, will give you 52.38% so basically if you are calculating that an event that something that uh, that the um if you're being offered um minus three and at a price of minus 110 you have an edge if you are calculating that that uh team will win by three by more than three points greater than 52.38 percent of the time does that sound fair
0: yep that's uh, fair
1: i'll give what, you that one what about push what about a push what happens if i push
0: push probabilities definitely come into play Okay. What's the push problem? That's where that's where it does get a little tricky.
1: What's a push the push problem? Probability?
0: probability that it pushes?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Explain that in a little more detail for me. Put a little bit more context around that for me. Uh, I
0: I feel like and maybe I'm maybe I'm in the wrong how I feel about it, but I, I feel like that's when you that's the context you need when you start moving from one to another. When you start, you need that to make comparisons. And that's a good point too. And maybe we did completely gloss over that, but we talk about, you know, you you can buy the point. So let's say it's two and a half and you want to buy yourself to three. I mean, if you have a shitload of outs, there's a lot of times where you're going to run into a quandary of which odds are actually better when you look at two books. One book might have plus three you know, plus three plus 100 and then plus two and a half, you know, plus plus one twenty-five, And I mean, quickly, which one is better, which oh, I'll probably have to look that up. I and that, and up that's too. where, the, that's where the, that's where the, you know, that's where the push probabilities is. And again, I have a nice website. I'll probably post it under this podcast, but, um, uh, shout out to I think Alex Bartlett turned me onto this one. He has uh, he uses that half point calculator. I want to say it's SBRs. That's a really yeah, good, a good tool. One. You can actually look when you when you start comparing because you ask yourself. Let's say let's say the the odds on your normal book are minus three minus one ten, and you go and the other book has minus three and a half and a huge plus number. Which one of those is better long term? Like it, is that is that plus number enough to sell that half point on the old other side of the coin? It's a really good point. It's just, it's a really good <laughs> just point. Because, because, and that's where, that's where I really, when you, when you do get into, uh, when you do get into the NFL, especially if you have a bunch out, you know, let's say you're using bookmaker or something else, which a little more of a sharper book. And then you have a, my book, you're a Bovada, which are, you know, tend to take more public numbers. You can really find some nice comparisons. There where. often you can sell a point even your books aren't letting you adjust the line you're essentially just moving to a different book to sell that half point because it's such a public book and a lot of times this does come in on on underdog numbers and you'll you use this half point calculator you enter the, the market you're betting into and it'll tell you the difference what what that actual price should be in this example for the the minus three and a half compared to minus three and you can make a an educated decision on whether you should be betting the minus three at minus 110 or the minus three and a half
1: yep all that is uh is a good jumping off point that, and that's but uh
0: that's where the half points that's where half point or the, that's where the push probability that's where my head went to because a big part of the calculation they're using is the push probability in this because yeah, oftentimes with a half point, Long you're either term. coming on or off of a off an integer.
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, and, you know, just for reference, I, you know, I, I pulled a bunch of our friends who are heavy duty NFL betters, just kind of getting a sense of, you know, what people thought about this stuff, to what do they think value of points are and things like that. Uh, and generally, I think the price that the sharper shops sell them kind of inform a lot of people's thinking on this. Like they just kind of assume, well, hey, if they're selling it for 30 cents, that's what it's worth, right? Um, but in reality, I think that there is almost certainly a premium built into that number. I can't defend 30 cents for you know, for anything. I can't defend 25 cents. Um, you know, there's just not enough, of, you know, there's just not enough of a signal that says, yeah, that's how much this ought to be worth, um, which kind of fits into what we would have guessed would be a cognitive bias for people betting the NFL. They want that little bit of extra security. Huge they want to feel, yeah, they want to feel like, okay, well, you know, if, if, you know, because a lot of these people are betting with their gut. They're not actually calculating some sort of numerical edge. They're just saying, well, I want to be on the winning side because I'm going to sit down and enjoy this, you know, game, and therefore I want something that makes me feel better going into it, and I'll pay the extra premium to get me there." And you know, so it's it's a it's a tricky kind of um, trap to fall into that you want to be cognizant and aware of on the front end. But let's talk about it, it, it is yeah, it is a or blind a little, spot, a spot and a bias. <laughs> it's a blind spot exactly, and. I would say the way the push probability is calculated and people who know well, like say, Oh, well, you know, like, let's go look at S you know, the what's the S Q D L search query database language. Let's go to that website for NFL and let's look at all games that have ever been lined three and how many of them have pushed. And it works out to be a little over 10%, about 10%. So basically um, you know, if you go back to 1990 and you look at all games in the database that have a uh, a line of three you're going to see 10 percent of them land on three okay and you can do the math even further and you can say okay well you know how about uh how about games that were lined, yeah? You know, but but you know you're you're a little bit uh you're a little bit of prisoner there of three being the line right that doesn't really tell you everything that doesn't tell you well what if a game you know was you know closed at two and a half and how often did i lose by the hook Right? What if a game closed at three and a half? How many pushes did I t- turn into wins? Right? And you can calculate all of those with the SQDL database. It should take you roughly fifteen minutes. Uh, and I would encourage everyone to do that, just so you can, if nothing else, get a little bit familiar with kind of going through that as a valuable tool and resource to kind of comb through angles and, and ideas related to the NFL. Because you know that's and, a, it's and a, it's free. It's a and it's somehow. free somehow. Yeah, somehow, somehow, some way, it's free. Um, but all that said, uh, it's, uh, it's interesting to kind of look a little bit more broadly then and say, okay, well, you know, what, what percent of NFL games overall land on three? What would you guess if I hadn't, if I hadn't already told you, did you, did you guess when I was playing this game the other day?
0: Yeah, I went with, I I think I went with 18 because I felt like that was a number I heard at one point. When you really that guess. might have been
1: a number that you heard because last year's was pretty close to that. Last year was uh in the NFL sixteen point nine percent of the games ended with a margin of victory of three. Um year over year this is a pretty stable number, actually. I was surprised. I thought to myself, and you brought this question up too, which is you know, now that the extra point is farther back, you know, now that teams are You know, are 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 more, you know, passing more aggressively and scoring more points overall. I mean, totals are like three, four points higher on average than they were four or five years ago. So scoring is up. Extra points uh, conversion is down. Does this change how often games end on three? And I thought to myself, oh man, I bet you it, I bet you it has to have. But lo and behold, this thing is freaking stable going back to two thousand two. Pulled the data for every year and looked at the percentages, and it turns out it's right around 15% pretty much every year. There's a couple low outliers where it's 10, 10.5% in 2008, 109 in 2014, but year over year, this sucker is stable as can be. About 15% of the games land on a margin of victory of three. That's a lot.
0: How far how far <laughs> back can we go on that? Because you, you know, it got me thinking when I did bring up the, the the two or the extra point. Gotta give away the gave away the meat there. I wonder about when, when we switched to allow the two point conversion in ninety four, if that changed anything. Because you have a if you had a if you can go back far enough, you could actually you have a pretty good data set of like nineteen ninety four to maybe even just cutting it off at when they changed the extra point rule. There's a pretty yep. nice data set there to look at. That, that I, shock I think me. that might be worth looking into because that's That wouldn't know, shock me at all. Right,
1: right. I know there were more games lined three and that pushed a three in that time window than there have been of recently, but uh, I don't know exactly what the numbers are. I'll tell you this much. I My kind of frame of reference for all data and numbers and statistics in terms of understanding what has happened and what will forward happen in the NFL kind of all stops at about 2002 i never really go farther back than that uh and a lot of that is because that was about the time that passing uh really became a much bigger part of the game and pass interference being called pretty aggressively was a huge part of that um does that Pass the smell test to you, or I, have I kind of tricked myself into some stupid narrative that's not. Yeah, meaningful? no, that
0: that seems just that seems really arbitrary, honestly. Really? Yeah, I mean, if maybe if you had a few more minutes, yeah, if you had a few more minutes, you could probably talk me into it. But no, that okay. that feels I don't feel like there was a giant material change in the NFL. Okay, well I mean every I was, okay, league changes gradually, but the, the way but the as way far as comparing two a, teams in a full yeah. game
1: the the way I got there is I was basically looking at distributions of scoring yards, you know, di- distributions of scoring over the course of a season year over year. And there's a, there's a legitimate, the shape is exactly the same. And there's a legitimate shift, uh, around that time. Uh, I looked at kind of relationship of yards points per game, yards points per game, yards per, you know, the, the correlation between yards gained and points scored all, all of that stuff all kind of like all of the distributions sort of shift and break around that time. So I kind of use that sort of as my mental cutoff of the modern NFL quote unquote. Um, and yeah, I was kind of hoping, you'd,
0: I was kind of hoping you were going to say something like p- scoring was up, like, you know, on average, like 20 points a week that, that <laughs> day. Like, well, Texans, Texans can-
1: I there was a new team. into the league. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, knew, know, I knew it
0: wasn't was <laughs> yeah, yeah. there was another team. No, I just wanted to make a fun joke, though. But, uh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's so, – you know who's fault mean, Back, to the, back to the uh, buying the points. Uh, no,
0: I'm, I'm stuck.
1: It's Bill Polian's fault. It's Bill Polian's fault because he lobbied for uh, – he lobbied for harsher pass interference rules because the Patriots were beating them by molesting their receivers. Um, and that kind of changed the way the game was officiated, and that kind of changed the game the way it was played. Uh, the way the game is played, in my opinion. But uh, anyway, go ahead.
0: Well, now I'm stuck on my example because I had to go freaking look it up. So, do you want to do you want to take a guess on what this this calculator comes up with? What a fair price would be to lay an extra half point to sell <sighs> a half point from from minus three to minus three and a half. Minus three at ten juice. To minus three and a half. Let's say they give you plus one fifteen. Are you taking it? Is it a long term plus EV move?
1: Okay, Depending wait is Sorry, so, so, to... sorry, sorry. I'm buying off of three and a half to minus three. What am you're I?
0: you buying again? from minus you're buying from minus three, minus one ten, and there another book is gonna offer you minus three and a half plus one fifteen.
1: So twenty five cents? I'm am selling me. I'm selling in that case I'm selling in that case because I think that's worth about 13 cents. If you're going to sell it to me for 25 cents, I'll I'll take that in a heartbeat. I'm selling.
0: The the calculator says 21 cents, but you're still I mean you're still in the right to buy it.
1: Yeah, you're still in the right sell to sell it if it's 25. Sell it for 25. Yeah, it said yeah. That the
0: the right the right price for that is plus 111 according to this. Mm. So, I mean, if if you can get plus 115, and I guess that's the point i kind of want to make when you're looking at some of these some of these different prices or if you can sell points just as much as you're doing yourself a disservice by buying at an inflated price you're probably doing yourself a disservice long term by not selling off when books are going to offer ridiculous prices to sell off a off a key number or even non key numbers, you can do this calculation on any on any probability any line they give you. You can look at what it actually is worth to sell off it, and I mean just it's in a long term game. If if that's if you're a pure numbers guy, like <laughs> there's probably a ton of opportunities to sell points in the NFL and come out
1: ahead. I'm surprised that it gave you twenty one cents as the price. I still think that that seems still high to me i honestly i I think selling a half point around three is only worth at the high end. It's adding four percent uh it's adding four percent to your probability of winning the of the play if everything well, else yeah is <clears in the throat>
0: I'm just using this I'm just using this calculator like it'd be interesting to actually compare it against the the data sets that we grabbed there.
1: Yeah, maybe I would look at fifteen cents, but but at the at the high end, it's worth four. That's the most I would even concede. But anyway, let's let's go back a couple of steps. And I, I will
0: say, I at, don't yeah. think our calculations figured in the the hold. You gotta you gotta figure in the uh, the straddle as well. I think that might be the missing key to some of the calculations.
1: Do you think it's that? Do you think that that's not balanced though on either side? You think they're holding more. It, on, no, it's a hundred
0: percent balance. No, it's not. Well, one yeah, if you're betting into a line that's plus one one plus one fifteen, uh, okay. You know, let's, there will be lopsided holds, especially take, at the books I'm talking about.
1: Let's take a giant step backwards then. Because really that the whole point of this was I think there are a lot of ways to try to answer this question. I spent a lot of time this weekend trying to do that specifically to see if if there were different approaches to this, if I could come up with different answers and see if like, okay, well, if there's different answers, maybe one's right and one's wrong. And the way they've been doing it is wrong. You know, like I was just kind of poking and poking in around here, trying to find an inefficiency. Full
0: searching.
1: And, you know, cause again, you know, my, my basic feeling about this is if you don't have an edge in one, then you certainly don't have an edge buying with whatever premium the book slaps on what it's actually worth, because I don't think they're actually ever giving you fair price if you're buying hooks anyway. Um, so the, the, um, the question then of how do you figure this out? How, how do you count? You know, how, how do we get to the bottom of, uh, you know, of what this is worth? If 15% of NFL games land with a margin of victory of three, you know, how do we incorporate that knowledge, the results we have into an actual, well, what is this? What is my probability added here by buying this half of a point? Because all this comes down to is price is basically can is price is directly um, equal to break even probability, and two prices have two break even probabilities, and the difference between those probabilities is what you are paying for. And if what you are paying for in terms of probability added is less than what it actually is providing then you have been sold a bag of nonsense. Is that, is that a fair way to characterize this?
0: Yeah. And I mean, in just some of your examples, like we, we talked about minus 110, to break even at minus 110, you need to win 52.38% of the time. So if we just add a quarter, and it sucks because like we said, U.S. odds aren't linear. So we are going to have to convert, and minus one thirty-five is uh, one point seven four one. You take the reciprocal of that; it's about four percent higher. Which doesn't sound like a lot, but when you start dealing with beating these uh, beating these markets, you have to win four percent more of the time. If you're at one thirty-five, it gets pretty <laughs> hairy pretty quick.
1: Yeah, yeah. Fifty-seven
0: point four four. You get to. Yep. So over, so over 4%, or no, over 5% more.
1: Yeah, yeah. So let's, okay, so let's go, go back a couple steps again and say, okay, so 15, you're telling me 15% of games land on three as the margin of victory. Um, that's actually not the most common bin, but only because I kind of cheated here. Um, I've taken all games that have a margin of victory over two touchdowns and two extra points. So anything over 14, lump that together. What percentage of games do you think uh, f- that uh, are accounted for in that, Ben?
0: Like 30%, because you told me. Yes,
1: 30%. That's correct. So 30%. <laughs>
0: Which actually, 30, when I when I saw yeah, that, that yeah. was a little, the, that that I didn't think it'd be that high. Like when you yeah. showed me the distribution you came up with with the data set. Yeah. Yeah, th- it's over thirty percent of games end up, you know, with a margin of victory of over t- two touchdowns. Yeah. Seems high, but I trust you.
1: Well, this is this is this is a this is a full on breakdown of what we've what has actually transpired. These are this is data and facts. This is not in, in whatever you know, in any sense of the word. No, none of this uh, is opinion. Know, sp- opinion, right? So, and and you know, we'll have to we'll have to delve into what this means another time. But 30% of games finish with a margin of victory over two touchdowns. You got a ballpark for me of of about how many games are lined <laughs> over two touchdowns?
0: Jesus, what, like two percent?
1: <laughs> yes, two exactly two, exactly two percent. Two percent of games have, and that's even including 14s. So over 14, as far as a uh, as far as a line is freaking rare. Yet it occurs, about, Thirty percent of the time so think think about that for a little bit but we'll come back to this um after three you got to guess what the next most common margin of victory is what's
0: seven six seven or seven ten seven
1: seven, seven. yeah nine point two percent of games basically basically a little under ten percent of games uh land on seven uh after that five percent of games land on ten and uh 5.7 of games land on 10 and 5.1 land on 14. so clearly your most common uh score is actually ooh, i skipped by six uh is five i was gonna 9%. say six
0: is more than 14
1: has to be barely barely though not by a whole heck of a lot not by a whole heck of a lot so um so again kind of the colloquial term for these as you hear people talk about gambling and sport and nfl especially is what key numbers right Key and numbers. three is three and again even all key and they're numbers not are wrong not created, yeah they're not wrong all, all key numbers not created equally. three clearly the keyest of key numbers seven the next most key and then weak key numbers i would say are in 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 uh in order six ten fourteen and four so um yeah, second class keys second class keys and this is literally just like how often this is this is just frequency of occurrence over going back to uh the data set which i have back to 2002 so what do we do with this now should we look at like a smaller subset of da- data because like i don't really care about games that are you know a touchdown spread what the value of three is in those games right like these are, you know, like I, well, like let's I really a small
0: range around three. Yeah,
1: let's put a little band around three. Let's look at only games that are in like the two and a half, three, three and a half range, and let's, you know, let's see. So how, you know, if if a, uh, um, you know, what's kind of crazy? I expected to see this number spike, right? I mean, we think the NFL market is relatively efficient. These are closing lines I'm looking at from Pinnacle. Like these are. This is the best indication we have as human beings of what the true probabilities were prior to the start of these games. You would think Was this the
0: biggest surprise to you?
1: Oh, absolutely it was the biggest surprise. Absolutely. I think it was for me too. Because this is
0: such a so it just seems so basic and like if fifteen percent of games end on three, now throw out all the other horse shit and take the games that are lined around three. Well, it should be higher it'll be yeah more, it should be like 25
1: percent, right no
0: yeah Nope.
1: way it wrong fewer. it was fewer uh, and even more than that if you are a dog and you are lined plus two and a half plus three or plus three and a half you lose by exactly three how much how many what percent of the time would you guess
0: it's never it's never happened. That's an average.
1: <laughs> is that true? No, Did I go crazy. too low?
0: You went I went too far too, too far to the extreme.
1: <laughs> you went too low. Uh, uh, price is right eight, I have prices right rules. Eight eight percent of the time. Eight percent of the time. So if you are a dog around three, you lose by exactly three. Eight percent of the time. Okay. That we could stop this podcast right here. And and I will tell you then. That really is real. More realistically, what your push probability is for, uh, for plus three, and that is that that you know. So buying onto the three or or buying off of the three should give you nope. You know, should give you four percent in terms of implied wins. And if you convert four percent into an actual price, if we're around even odds, that should be about fifteen cents. Which means if you look at a book. And if you see a two and a half at minus one hundred and ten, and you look at the three, and it's any higher than minus one twenty-five, you are being ripped off. How wild is that? Because that certainly, I yeah, never and figured, I think I've yeah, never it, seen
0: the, the un, yeah, <laughs> the underlying <laughs> thing is for, for sure, like yeah, there is a price, and it's just not offered. It's almost like years ago the bookmaker figured out this math <laughs> that we did and they said, they, well, you're not going to, we're going to offer this, but it's not going to be at a good price.
1: We can capture and another 2% silly hold silly here. Crystal voice there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, they, they know what they're doing. They, they know what it's worth. Um, uh, any book more than encourages you because it does not matter. You can say, Oh, you know, it, it saved me this time for every time it saves people. There's going to be a whole handful of times where it doesn't matter. Let's say people are 50 50 better. If every, you know, you just take every time you do it, and if you, you lose half the time, every time you lose, you're losing an extra 20%. Just, it's rough. That's, that's yeah. going to drop you in a hurry. You need to, you need to win at a, at a much higher clip than someone who's not doing this to make up for all that. I mean, it's yeah. very hard to recoup that. And so unless you're picking the NFL winners at 65%, I probably wouldn't do anything like this.
1: Yes. And Even that. Even that uh if you are doing that sort of thing, that's the kind of thing What's that the gets call? your it's the kind of thing that gets your account marked safe. <laughs> like if you're if you're trying to disguise your plus EV action and make sure your account doesn't get get shut down, go ahead and buy the hook for 30 cents. You know and it's worth actually 15 so yeah you mean you know it, it literally is um you're putting the added win probability into the pocket of the bookmaker you are increasing your vig that is really the bottom line here if you're buying the hook in my opinion and it you know i i I looked up and down long and hard was there any point that was worth buying is there any you know like what about from one to two what about from five five to and a half you know like there's got to be something right and it's it just doesn't exist like in general you're in general you're adding um you know away from three in general you're adding less than plus or minus three percent uh as you come on on and off these key numbers uh and so really none of them is worth more than a nickel other than three itself which is worth about 15 cents so don't buy points people and uh but, um
0: you know, you know, the
1: only I did see one you could buy. Oh, which one?
0: If you want to buy from like seven and a half to one and a half.
1: <laughs> oh, you that was a perfect fucking as industry industry uh setup there. So okay. Flipping this on its head. And forgetting about how many points, you know, forgetting about how many cents you're paying for probability, and just looking specifically at the probability added from going from point to point, and knowing that all points aren't created equally, wouldn't it be cool if there was some sort of instrument in the betting industry that gave you exactly the equal price for all points? Like, what if there was a tool out there that you could create um, some sort of parlay? where all the points that you're buying are cost the same. Wouldn't that be cool if that existed?
0: Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs>
1: <laughs> what, do, do, and, uh, and if that sort of um, scenario existed, you can imagine that if a point, if a spread was a certain on a certain number and they gave you, oh, I don't know, like six points that you could buy and you summed across those points, and you calculated, oh, I don't know, about an added win probability of twenty five percent, but they were only charging you twenty percent. Would that be uh, Would that be something I could interest you in? I would take it. <laughs> okay,
0: I would, so, uh, I would take that in a an heartbeat. And I mean, to, to do the backward, we're talking teasers, obviously, but <laughs> th- the backwards math <clears throat> and something something interesting I found about teasers is if you do the math and you do just basic parlay math with the prices that you create versus what you're, what you're paying to essentially bet those two prices individually, I did every single parlay teaser parlay I did last year, instantly created at least 5% closing line value. Like without, without it even being good bet. They didn't even have to, they didn't have to move in your direction. They could have moved the other. You were direction. doing it at the close. Still, you were doing it, it at was, the close. Yeah, for and for the most part, yeah. I mean, I, there were some that had moved a little afterwards, but for the most part, I did these on, on Sunday, I, because all the information that I'd ever you know garnered on teasers though, was mostly based off the closing line. So I didn't want to be doing them early in the week, but yeah, even ones that would have a very late move and it'd move against you, there would still be closing line value, which just speaks to the fact that you're getting a plus EV bet in the long-term, even though it's a parlay, it's buying points. And it's still, it's still because of the probabilities we talked about because of the cost of a point. And in this case, depending where you bet obviously you can't be doing this at nitrogen where it's like a a buck 30 to do this sort of stuff (laughs) but yeah if you want to if you want to be a dipshit and buy from uh, minus three to plus three crossing zero and doing something wild like that that costs you the exact same as buying from Minus 7.5 to minus 1.5, crossing 7, crossing 3, six, crossing 6, four, and even three. to a lesser extent, 4. four two, is like a third tier, two,
1: two major you know, keys number. and two minor keys. Yeah.
0: Yeah, A yeah. minor. So, yeah. I mean, the, the fact that you get the exact same price to do something like that as you do, because, and this is something we talked pre-pod, you know, we, we were uh, having this mild discussion on, what did we find as far as what it costs to buy off points? And like we said, 20, 25 cents to be buying off of three, three and a half. Whereas I found that's, and that's a half a point. Whereas I found some dead numbers that you were allowed to buy or sell off of. They charge you 10 cents to buy a full point. So, like Whale said at the beginning of the pod, not all numbers are creative equal. Creative equal, obviously. You know, we talk about the key numbers and some of the shit numbers, like one to two or pick to one. You know, four and a half to five and a half. Those numbers are not going to cost the same. They're going to be greatly discounted because they don't matter as much. Because you know, the the final uh, what do you call it? The margin of victory just doesn't land on that as often. In, yep. in this case, everything costs the same. So you can buy all the good stuff f- for the same price as the shitty stuff. And that's where that comes in.
1: Yep, that was well put. Um, any other kind of key uh, lessons from teasers that are worth just dropping in this uh, little little nugget of wisdom moment of the pot? Minus 110, six points. That's about as far as you want to go.
0: Yeah, yeah that's it. A- I mean, there is there is plus EV at uh, at minus six or six and a half point teasers. There is even some plus EV stuff at uh, seven point teasers if you find the exact right one. Uh, I think the biggest thing I've learned is just not to force one. Like sometimes I'm like, I gotta find one. I really gotta find one. And there are (laughs) ways uh, there and there are ways to even whittle it down further if you another off pod discussion we had about if there is actually correlation between the total and things that are happening with the margin of victory, which we have to dig into yet, but there is correlation between, you know, these basic handicap teasers and the total. Like if you go put some parameters in where you're betting lower totals, you're going to have a little better luck, but basically you only need to hit, you only need to hit single legs at a, I am going to say it's like 72 percent rate, yeah. And in these long teasers, which I'm gonna, I'll probably put something up because I've been working on that article for like a freaking year. But uh, on these that. long teasers, it's yeah, it's you're you're getting over that threshold. And basically, it's yeah. the same thing we're talking about with the with the buying and selling points. Here's the threshold: if you can beat it, it's worth selling a point. You can't beat it. In this case, here's the threshold. Can you beat it by selling those six points? And in the long term, on certain numbers, you can with a teaser. So a lot of people, you know, they'll look at teasers, parlays, whatnot as square action, bad action, which a lot of teasers are. Look, look at someone teasing NFL or NBA totals. That's not going to work. <laughs> but um, this is—I mean, this is for sure. It's just—it's—it's it's a proven yeah. thing.
1: Again, you know, n- another yeah, another uh, another great example of a way to get your account marked safe if you are an advantage player is uh, you know bet teasers across zero because uh, all of those points that you go across the middle are worth mm-hmm. sparingly little, uh, and you're paying the same price as you would as you going across seven, six, four, and three. So um, other kind of key yeah, one of you those you're
0: bet. I mean, you're you're buying off a tie. You are essentially buying off the chance that there is a tie. One of those you points know, is.
1: Would you? There would you, are so there, few there, ties. There have been more games that with an exact margin of victory of like nineteen than there have of like, ties in my database. Like, like just some crazy. There were some ties are so freaking infrequent. Uh, and granted, we're you know we're saying all this about how infrequent ties are. And what was clear was there have been a lot more ties recently. Like there used to be no ties. In the NFL, and there have been a lot more ties recently. Uh, and it's also worth considering that the NFL is tweaking the overtime rules year over year over year. Um, it's getting shorter and shorter and shorter, less and less opportunities to to drive and score, um, more and more opportunities to give both teams the ball uh, in overtime, like increasing the likelihood that you get a three-three overtime tie in, induced so you know there, there are some caveats to this and that the future is going to be bound by different roles than all the data we're evaluating here but still ties are like 0.2% of games in the last in the last uh, whatever 18 years uh, so.
0: yeah ties suck they should go to go to penalty kicks
1: <laughs> um, okay so let's uh, if you're interested in that little teaser nugget there um some other resource lots of other really really useful resources on the interweb if you google basic teaser strategy you'll find some interesting conversation on this if you google you know these are colloquial known as wong teasers named after the uh the famous stanford wong who wrote the kind of the first nfl handicapping strategy book is that true something like that he, I, I think you wrote I, the first it, one i mean Lots it, of stuff in that book did not pretty, stand the I test mean, of time but yeah, it, that, the Wong Teaser's did.
0: Yeah, I was going to say like people there because there's people will shit on like trading bases which a, a lot of that stuff it doesn't apply anymore to baseball which but at the time it was way ahead of its time and the same can go with the Stanford Wong book. There's a lot of stuff in there that is just Eye-rollingly bad as far as applying it to today's market, it doesn't work. But he was kind of one of that was one of the first good analytical books about uh, beating the NFL market, and, and it still uh, exists. That's why they're called long day. teasers. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, that um, that one has stood the test of time. And it's like we said uh, with the with the bookmakers, how they said uh, you know if the price is roughly fifteen cents to buy off a of three, we're going to charge twenty. Same thing goes with these. A lot of books you're going to find are yeah. going to want to charge you 20 cents, 30 cents rather than, you know, the 10 yeah. cents you can find And that's absolutely places absolutely, absolutely truly bottom
1: plus CV. Yes. Get you you know and and oh, for if, sure. if, if if nothing else, you know, if this whole conversation is like boring you or rolling your eyes or whatever, like get get out there and try some of this math for yourself. Start to wrap your head around the idea that a price is is the same as a break even probability. Start to wrap your your head around you know what the hold on these sort of uh, you know instruments are at you know what the vig is and, and which books have the greatest vig because you know huge huge uh difference maker for me last year was betting at a book that had uh low vig for NFL huge difference maker i absolutely i i can't imagine betting back into minus 110 lines ever again in the NFL like it's just it would be suicide so you know, I think um, you know those those sort of things. You'll get a better feel for them if you do the math yourself than you will listening to us talk and spin numbers here. Um, but Wong teasers, I think, boy, man, long. You know, you would think given that they are, you know, that 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 you can find them for minus one ten out there, you would guess that they land fifty percent of the time, but. In reality, last year in the NFL, it was something like 60, 65. Like, it was crazy. And, I, Andy, I'm setting you up here because I know you played a lot of them. And you you picked and choo- chose carefully. You weren't just spraying the board. If it was on that number, you were hitting it. You were doing a little bit more handicapping than just, you know, swinging away on these. What was your teaser percentage that you hit last year?
0: Oh, I don't know. You you, you, should, uh, you should have you should've said that earlier so I could have looked it up. It was good. Okay. Though. Like I don't even know. I, I I had a winning season. I don't know if I had a winning season without teasers. Like I started you really I won, think like, it was the first that four idol? teasers I played.
1: I think you no, played No, I, I mean, I, know, not, let's my, see. My, I, my, my, my guess is you played 13 teasers last year and I think you hit uh, 8 or 9 of them.
0: Yeah, no, it was good. It was it was like eight eight and five or nine and four something along those lines. I have to go look it up, but they were good. Yeah, there there are ways. I like the total. I mean, if if you do look at the total, if the total's super high, I mean, even if maybe we prove that that's not true eventually here, it just it just seems like a higher variance game where it's tougher to fall within the number. But uh, defense doesn't matter except when you get into a teaser. There are teams. There are teams that cover teasers like they just always fall within the teaser leg. The Ravens for a long time are such a good team for this because of their defenses, and honestly the a team with a half decent defense does pretty well in a plus money teaser if you can get it to eight and a half. But they they can't be a garbage team either. Like I'm looking at some of these that lost. Like I threw the Titans into a teaser. Uh, that yeah. sort of stuff just doesn't get a yeah.
1: work. All right. The opposite side of this thing, pleasers. I want to bring. I want to. I want to have a little bit of a kind of breaking ground conversation here because no one really talks about pleasers. We we swing away on some alternate totals in primetime games because prices are offered that are just outrageous, and we take advantage of those. Uh, I think, in my head at least, the pleaser situation is the same sort of thing. Like if you have a team that's favored by, and really what we're trying to do here is capture value on the fact that thirty percent of games and uh, end with I was a, just uh, going to say go
0: back to that 14% or over yeah. thing.
1: Or 14 or over, right. Yeah, so if you're if you're going to if you're going to sell six points you know, you're going to sell them and the book is going to get fair value if you're selling from 0 to 6. Right? Or from 1 to 7 or from 2 to 8. Right. Like you're going to, you're giving the book fair value selling the, those six points, or probably, you're probably getting screwed. You're probably selling yourself short if you're selling those six points. Right. But if you are at, out at like seven and a half and you sell to six, you may look at it and be like, God, this is a ridiculously huge number. I don't feel great about it. But the points that you just sold, those six points you just sold across, they're not worth very much. They're not worth much at all. Half a percent, a percent at the most. Like you're talking about, probably, you know, if you can sell something and reduce your win probability to the tune of 20%, um, but you do so by selling points that are worth a percent a piece, six of them, you know, it's, it's the, like you can absolutely create value, scoop value doing this sort of stuff. Um, and I think it's, it's at the extremes, you know, I, I don't think you're, I don't think it's a, it's a matter of taking an eight point dog and making it a two point, you know, two point dog. That's not it. It's clearly in the in the favorite side of things, going up uh, where you can kind of capture value on this. But this is this is all just kind of stuff that I noticed in looking at the data. Not haven't fully fleshed this out yet. But alternate uh, alternate lines, sides, and totals when you can find them for some of the higher profile games. Uh, I think that uh, that the higher plus numbers you can get in your pocket, you're most likely capturing value on those. So. Look out for that sort oh, of stuff.
0: It's like I did with that, with with I've kind of been doing the, the reciprocal, if you will, since you brought that up. But you know, like you said, you know, don't don't buy points. We should say maybe you sell points. You go to the opposite side so many times, like with this. So you know, if it if it's if it's bad to play, you know, minus CV teasers. Again, there's probably some plus CV pleasers, and it <laughs> yeah. goes to the point you made where you said, well, and it, it, you said if you don't think you have a huge advantage at plus two and a half. Why are you even playing it first off? Uh, like, Oh, I I don't know how I feel about this. I better sell a half point. It probably isn't that strong of an angle at that point. You're yeah. just degenning and you're, you're probably playing a bad uh, spot anyway. But again, and then again, with the, the reverse of that, if you find yourself in a very plus EV position, maybe tickle, tickle some halts, tickle some, uh, a pleaser maybe an open pleaser if you want uh, if you don't have something else that's a nice part um you know uh i will say i don't love some of the options at five dimes just based on some of the shading they do on lions but i don't think they're going to do that on pleasers i'm not too worried about that sort of thing so if you do have a super
1: oh no you're going to get free points doing it that way oh thank you for bringing that up yeah you you can can get
0: you can get you get three yeah. points the other way. So, yes. you know, we talked about the Wong teaser. And, it you know, uh, on on six and a, a six-point teaser, uh, let's just go with the favorite side of it because there's actually six numbers you should do a six-point Wong on. But seven and a half, eight, and eight and a half. If you subtract six from that, you still will cross three. You'll still cross seven, six, four. So oftentimes, and I'm not going to name any books five times, but uh, <laughs> I don't think anyone
1: else. I no, no, no. There some, will be some books some there books will shoot them. Right. Some books will crank up the price of it of a wong teaser to tell you go bet this somewhere else. <laughs> right? Like that, that that'll happen. Like at some books, like if you're like, oh, I thought this was gonna be 110, why is it 130? Well, that they're just telling you go bet this somewhere else. That's all they're telling you. Um and five dimes doesn't tweak the yeah, instead of out, minus seven and a half, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, go ahead.
0: They make yeah they make their main line instead of a minus seven and a half which can be Wonged, they make it minus seven plus one ten, so then you're not on a Wong number anymore or minus
1: nine and yeah. you can or minus yeah yeah or or know, minus yeah, nine they,
0: yeah or and yeah. you can you can do the little drop down and you can get it back to
1: reasonable know, the regular juice. minus seven yeah, and a half juice. reasonable
0: juice, but all their teaser stuff is based off those those main lines thing, so when they are doing that those are the lines you're playing the teasers off of. So those are also the lines you're playing the pleasers off of. So while it's screwing you over, on playing teasers on some of those shaded lines, you actually will gain a little bit of uh, an advantage if you want to please those lines, and they have a million options. There, there's not you don't have to please something six points. So if you really like something, it's not it's not the worst idea to maybe throw it in a four four or five point pleaser, maybe an open leg, and wait for something later in the year. Hit a nice big uh, a nice big strike on something that you found a you know a quantifiable big edge on.
1: Yep. Yep. And I would go so far, it's just, it's just like, you know, if you're, if you're getting into this space or if you are already in the space of media or something like that, and you're commonly looking at odd screens, like don't be fooled by the fact that what is being pulled onto the odd screen for from five dimes on certain NFL games is going to look way off market, right? It's going to be like, whoa, what? Why is Green Bay minus nine everywhere else? They're minus seven and a half. What the hell? Like somebody at five dimes really loves Green Bay. No, that's not it at all. But, you know, they're they have moved that they've moved their baseline there in order to protect themselves from you know Wong. It's Wong teaser protection, right? So don't get caught up in you know getting tricked by what the five dimes um, you know widely available line looks like um, because it's most likely going to be influenced by the teaser protection. But that creates a couple free points on the other side if you're so inclined to take them, I guess um i usually don't but that's beside the point the um uh i think it's the, pleasing
0: season this year i think we're it's gonna pleasing, do some,
1: you're gonna you're gonna mess with it a little bit okay i like this and take your strongest angle
0: take your strongest angle from the week and throw it in a teaser or a pleaser and we'll we'll combine it with your strongest week two angle
1: it has to be the right number though too mm-hmm. Like we have to come up with. We oh no no no! Yeah, I think you have to be patient. Yeah, we legitimately have to come Has up to with shaded. the with the Wong criteria for pleasers, the ganaw. Like reverse Wong. The, yeah, reverse Wong. Yeah, we gotta we we gotta we gotta um, come up with the with the what, the what the what the right numbers to look for are, and if they line up with sides that I see value, and then let's swing away. Because yeah. yeah, I mean, mo- for the most part, when you when you identify, <laughs> should we cut this part? Animal, <laughs> No way, no way, no way. But like, I think we're
0: just we're just uh,
1: putting anyway. a book out of business. <laughs> don't here. worry, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Um, but yeah, no, I think um, I think you know the best. Once you kind of think you have an angle, like even if as best you can back test it, you really don't know until you actually put it to, into into action for yourself and see for yourself. So we'll do that this year with pleasers and see if we can. not line our pockets a little on, on top of doing well in the nfl um how much is a point worth uh i think we've kind of nailed the major issue here about buying and selling points so let's talk about a d- slightly different angle here which is well when you know when do i take the points versus when do i play the money line and this is tricky <laughs> Because still, you know, there technically there should be a correct answer. Right. Like technically, one of the two has higher expected value than the other. Um, And it should be entirely based on price and independent of, um, you know, independent of the um, uh, the total uh, and whatever the line itself is. Right. Um, Typically, this conversation and this discussion comes up around three and under three, right? Typically, like, well, why would I? In what you know, what, in what universe does it make sense for me to have plus one at minus one ten where I'm laying the vig versus getting you know plus a hundred or at least minus one hundred five on plus the money one,
0: line? Yeah,
1: right, and so you know, this is really where this question comes up most often. Um, And what's interesting is you kind of, you know, again, kind of going with the, the pinnacle closing spreads and pinnacle closing money lines. There's a pretty clear and obvious linear relationship between the spread and the money line. Like it's, it's, you know, across the entire field of spreads, it is linear as the day is long. And in fact, if you happen to know the money line, um, it uh, the the spread can be exp- you know the, the 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 correlation between the money line and the spread is uh, r squared of point nine seven nine seven, which is freaking high. Uh, and, and the only places that it's a little off are right around three, right The right around three, um, because the value does get a little bulgy there, um, you start to see it deviate from them from the um the linear trend. Um and what else is funny is that if you put all of the threes in a basket across all of time, the distribution of money lines is actually pretty broad. There's a lot of, you know, there there's not a single value. Uh you know, it's a little bit um little bit broad. And that's kind of, I think, a little, I think it's um, a factor of them not being perfectly pinned, right? Like they're not chained. It's not a chained market. They're a little bit different. Sometimes people will bet into one market and not the other. you think that uh, has any influence on this? Like what, like why, like why is it possible that if I take all of the minus threes at even juice in the history of the closing lines, I can see, you know, money lines is, uh, as high as, uh, Sixty-eight percent implied break-even probability, and as low as uh, fifty-five. That's a huge freaking range, man. Like, what, what's accounting for that? You think?
0: I, I mean, they are individual markets, but like you said, the correlation is so high. It's not. I mean, right away as you were talking, my mind went to tennis. Yeah, because there, it's still it, it's football. They have to play – the rules aren't as strict as far as, you know, tennis. The, the tennis example is you can have two, two players that their money line is identical to another match between two other players, but the spread is wildly different because of the style of play. And while, the you know, the odds of one man winning compared to the other match uh, are pretty equal – the one, you know, he's just not a not the kind of guy who breaks serve a lot. Maybe it's a he's a got a big serve. He goes to a lot of tie breaks. The spread is going to be a lot smaller. It makes me think of that right away. As far as you know, with tennis, it's it's funny that way. But yeah, like like you said with football, the the correlation it's it's so heavy there. I guess what was the question again? Did you ask a question?
1: Was well, asking I guess... the,
0: the differences in there? Yeah, no, I mean, I they are. It is why, an individual I was just market. I mean, what, right, they do have right, to yeah. protect some liability there
1: yeah okay so that just the fact that just the fact that there are differences i think points to their you know math can help make a difference here right like you can legitimately come up with okay long term all you know the the closing market at penny long term tells me that a minus three is worth um you know oh shoot i have this all in even probability and not in a uh, not in actual price so Bear with me. What's uh? Let's say my minus three is sixty one and a half percent. What's that price? We could take the reciprocal. A bunch.
0: It's like it's like minus uh, minus two hundred. Minus two hundred no. is uh, sixty six. Okay. Yeah, minus two hundred is sixty six. You're talking so like, like minus, minus one fifty five.
1: One one sixty one is is one fifty five. Okay. Okay. So this is um, us
0: doing math on air. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, just that the, the um if you know you can you can see you know you can you you know what the average um what the average relationship between a money line and a three minus three is from all of the closing lines from the past you know the past 10, 15 years and if you're getting offered a money line that's to the right of the median, then there's added value in it, right? And if you're getting one that's to the left, it's more expensive, then you're you're being asked to pay more. So, I, you know, I think there is a pretty quick check and a pretty quick calc you can do with any point spread um, to kind of understand, okay, well, if I'm getting a money line better than blank, then I'm better off taking the money line. If I'm getting, um, you know, if I'm getting a price worse than blank, then I'm taking the points. So that's That seems great. Totally reasonable, right?
0: Yeah, no, for sure.
1: Okay. Okay. And lot of things there's like a this. lot of
0: cases where it's, it's a much better idea to take the money line.
1: What else do you think about before you play a money line versus playing points? If it's a dog. Cause I never really, I, I've you never, I saying, I've never, I've, I've never just done a math, math on that. And, I, I've never done the math and laid the juice on a juicy money line versus just taking the points. I'm, I'm sure I have, but it's freaking rare. What, you, what, kind think, what kind of I want to say the juiciest money
0: the juiciest money line. Um usually I'm drinking. I was going to say the last <laughs> time I took a juicy money line and this is going to be a total like humble brag, like lucked myself into a win here but uh the Vikings the Minneapolis Miracle.
1: Oh yeah.
0: Like I just said yeah. got it. I just I just feel like they'll win. Like I feel like they got this game and I laid a big money line. I mean whatever that line was, it was well over 200.
1: Minus two well,
0: fifty-ish. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I don't know how high it was, but I, I absolutely drank all the juice. I just said, "Fuck it, they're gonna win." I don't. I have no faith in the Saints team, but I don't know if they'll cover because it's still the Vikings. And at halftime, I felt like an idiot. Like, why did I not just lay the points? I can have so much more money in the pocket. And then later on in the game, I'm like, "Boy, why did I lay that kind of juice?" I'm a big dumb idiot. They're gonna lose this game. This sucks so bad. Everybody in the bar said. And then after, you know, obviously the last play there, and all my friends were waiting for him to kick the extra point to cover the line, I just sat there quite smugly and uh, didn't mention it because yep. uh, yeah, I'm a winner. The the line the line was very much affected by that. I'm, I'm just a winner, so no, normally and that's just a long way of saying I don't do that because I I rarely will do the math and maybe that's a blind spot on my part because I think. You know, we said just like maybe it's a it's a fallacy, and I think it's one of the fallacies you learn when you first get into this. You say, "Oh, like I'm starting to get smarter about this. Parlays are bad, teasers are bad, juice is bad. Juice isn't bad." Fine. Yeah, I mean, again, no. the the the. I mean the one that the one that everybody goes to is the Mayweather Mayweather McGregor fight. Juice is an example. Bad. Everything is relative. everything is relative. Like I'm sure there's a ton of opportunities for you to bet yourself into minus two hundred money lines and them to be plus C V positions just yeah. based on you know, whatever you can figure out. And that's probably a blind spot on my part because it, it does it's it's a bias in your head, like, Oh man, do I wanna lay that kind of juice? And maybe it's, that's worth looking into every time yeah. we do one of these podcasts we just end up with more projects
1: yeah i mean you know 5 is an interesting number because it's in the dead zone it doesn't take a lot of um doesn't take a lot of action either way to push it up to 6 or down to 4 right um and but you know i i have no idea how firmly chained the money line is on those kind of numbers cuz you know if you if you have a point spread of 5 long term market would tell you that the the pairing that goes with the with a minus five uh is 70 percent break even probability which is a minus 233 so if you're being asked to lay a minus 250 to back that team to win on the money line that's that's a minus five then in general you are paying a sucker's price but if you're getting a minus 200 on them on the money line to back a team that, that that's minus five then there's there's value there that you can scoop up and If you don't feel great about, you know, if you you don't feel great about laying that much juice in one shop, you know, if you, if it is plus EV, um, presumably you can find, you know, probably legs to pair that with and then come compound your, your plus EV there. So it's, um, it is an interesting, you know, kind of way of thinking about all this stuff. If you've taken nothing else from this podcast today, just kind of take it upon yourself to set up some simple Excel sheets to make these conversions for yourself, um, you know, if you're being asked to pay five cents more for a price for a line at your, but you know, if, you, if you, even if it's just as simple as, well, I'm going to bet the plus three, my book has it at minus one fifteen, and this other book where I don't have any bankroll in it currently has it at minus one ten. Like, you should, you know, rather than just be lazy and play it where you do have, you know, bankroll in your account like, and paying the extra five cents, like, do the math, like, know what you're adding there in terms of, you know, what percent you're, you know, you're expecting to, um, to hurt your break, even at the end of the day, because, you know, clearly, um, you know, being able to capture these small percentages in the NFL, where things are, you know, so broadly controlled by small sample size and, you know, lucky bounces and things like that. Like the more you can scoop in your favor, um, the, the, better chance you're going to have a winning season. We can promise you that, you know, which kind of brings us maybe roundabout to kind of putting a pin on this with the closing line value and how important that aspect of kind of market and timing your market entry and and kind of, you know, making these decisions early in the week versus waiting till Sunday morning. Like, do you have any just general thoughts on that that are worth including in this broader discussion?
0: i think market entry getting to know the market betting at the right time and keeping an eye on things having your different outs shopping on price all of that is way more important than handicapping the games and i think handicapping the games is important i think knowing no having all the information following the league closely Running the numbers, looking at stats, looking at correlations between stats, keeping a close eye on things. I don't want to discount any of that, but market entry is king. Like yeah. If yeah, If you're if you're really getting the worst of the number because you can't read a market and you're constantly getting negative CLV, it, it just you're going to be fighting an uphill battle.
1: Yes, yes. And uh, in, in fact, even it's you know like. He, 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 there is, this, there is a correct answer to how much CLV do I need in a market like the NFL. You know, there is a fundamentally a correct answer, right? You can take last year's pinnacle opener and closers. You can see a very clear trend that, uh, you know, if you knew which way the market was going to go in you know, and you just took a random sample of 70 games where you took the you, you put yourself on an opener that beat the closing line. Like you literally, you went like 60% in the NFL. Like you did, you, you barely needed to have any other information besides uh, which way is this market going to move in order to have a winning season last year. Uh, and you know, it's, it's kind of speaks to the fact that the market itself is driven by thousands of thousands of models mental models, numerical models, people are putting in information into the market as a whole that informs, uh, you know, informs the price in a way that it uh, is higher, you know, more efficient than the opener than any given opener. Uh, and, you know, granted there, you know, the, the what was the, what was the, the other freaking crazy aspect that I that we were talking with Suma about yesterday the um if you that okay yeah yeah the um the spread the closing spread closing pinnacle spread um has a correlation to the margin of victory of 0.2 r squared r squared of 0.2 that means uh you know the that the spread itself um can explain 20 percent uh of the margin of victory uh, which means that there's 80% there that's not captured, right? And you clearly could have, you know, some outlier angle, some, you know, some wild, uh, you know, uh, theory on this is contributing to these results and, you know, and capture value that's associated with that and bet into the closing line and make money, right? This is not it. If you do not have, this is not a, um, uh, what's the, um, it's not, that the antithesis of closing line value means you cannot win, right? If you you can have an angle that you're betting into closing lines and still win money in the NFL, that absolutely can exist. It absolutely does exist. We know people that do that, for sure. Um, but the, um, the flip side of it is is a truth, in my opinion, which is that if you can consistently capture value, uh, then, um, then you are going to do well. Uh, and if you are consistently losing value, that's about the same as having a fundamental error in your handicapping. As far as I'm concerned, uh, and um, yeah, so get uh, get cracking on a way of tracking that sort of stuff because it'll definitely help make you better long term. Betting the NFL for sure, and you know, betting the NFL is a good place to practice this stuff because games only happen a couple times during the week. There's only a certain number of games during the week. You're only going to make so many bets. Like this, you know, the the small sample size part of the NFL betting like makes it um, a good kind of entry spot for understanding sort of the ins and outs of, of the way that a marketplace works. I think, even though it's an efficient market, even though it's a, you know, it's a tough sport to beat, even though you can be on the wrong side of luck uh, and have a losing season with a winning, you know, with a winning, um, you know, algorithm or strategy. Uh, it's still, uh, you know, it's still, it, it lends itself to being able to to learn. I think, did you agree with all that?
0: Yeah. And <laughs> Yeah, I only made <clears throat> I only made seventy three bets all year through the playoffs. It does not count any futures or props or anything like that. But seventy three full true, you know, one unit bets. And I did find it. My teasers went twelve and five. I didn't even think it did that well.
1: Oh, see, I yeah, that's
0: seventy percent. But I, I, 70%, I for some I reason I didn't like think it 70%. was that good.
1: I thought you might have done even better than seventy percent. But how fucking good is that? That is awesome, man. Um, so yeah, I think, um, uh, you know, I think the, the closing line value, you know, part of this discussion and market movement, market entry and all that sort of thing. Like, you know, this, you're going to, you know, the more you get into this, you're going to find out that, um, you know, oh my gosh, I need to know what books are market maker books. What books are retail books? Oh, I need to know, um, when the market making books limits go up. Because that, you know, what happens in the immediate aftermath of limits going up can oftentimes be a truer indication in terms of, um, you know, what the correct direction of the market is than what happens before that. Because sometimes the moving, you know, the moves of market making books before the limits go up are, um, you know, are head fakes. Like that absolutely happens, you know, so you, you're going to get to the point where you, you start to realize you know when things are not moving based on injury news and nuggets. Um, a lot of times, you know those are highly correlated with when limits go up and when uh, you know when, you know some of the the sharper players are starting to get their action down at the books that are shaping the lines, and then it all trickles down from there. So. Uh, get ahead of line moves if you like to you know if you're gonna gonna bet around a three you're better off waiting you know getting a number early before it disappears or waiting for a number if you think it'll manifest then you will ever be buying it ever and you know I until actually running the numbers and seeing how much you ought to be paying for it if you're buying the hook you know I really didn't have my head wrapped around um, you know any of this stuff so I feel like just prepping for this episode has made me kind of more prepared, so that was a good outcome of this.
0: Yeah, this one's gonna have to have some links and articles to go with it. I think we might should we do a video where we have a chalkboard and do this math because some of it is a little dense when you explain it. But I I, I think yeah, abstract. I think I think for the most part, you did a great job explaining it. I mean, just basically, there's a price. There's a price based on math. And it's not available.
1: Yep so so all all points buying, are all points, points are not cool. yeah all points are not created equal. Half points around three are worth about four percent. The price that that would that would um, that would correlate to a fifteen percent. You know, uh you know a uh, difference cent. in price fifteen cents fifteen cent difference in price four percent implied break even probability, and uh, take it all to the bank
0: to the fucking bank.